Hello and welcome to yet another round of Write With Influence, the pocket-sized podcast that helps you write better copy and make more sales. I hope you're keeping well. Uh, In the UK, we're still on a lockdown, so no public gatherings, staying at home. Personally, not much has changed for me as most of my work is online. And Malk is still having to work as his firm is making components for the emergency hospitals that are being built. I suppose a slight difference is I'm doing uh, probably a lot more video conference meetings right now. And I'll be honest, I'm getting a little bit lackadaisical when it comes to my appearance. It used to be that I would try as hard as if I was, say, going up to London to meet someone in person, smart clothes, hair done, makeup on. But with so many more video meetings, I I just, I can't be expected to sustain that level of personal grooming. This is someone who works from home. My regular hairstyle is a bobble and my attire is conference t-shirts and jeans. So I am having to relax my standards a little bit. Well, quite a bit. It's got to the point now where, because my eyebrows are fair, normally if I was having a video meeting or a meeting, I would pencil them in so that people could see my eyebrows. And... Well, it has got to that stage now where I I only draw them on if I really want to impress someone or if I don't know them well enough and I worry that they're not going to be able to interpret my facial expressions without said eyebrows. Is she surprised? Is she annoyed? No idea. These are very strange times indeed. And don't forget that right now I am offering some additional free ro- free resources for you. So Mondays I'm releasing a short lecture and that's based on my workshop training materials where I share some of the specific copywriting techniques and exercises that I use with clients. And then on Thursdays, I'm doing a 30 minute ask me almost anything session that's at 4 p.m. UKM time. UKM time? UK time. I'm really enjoying them. I haven't been promoting them a lot right now with everything else that I've got on, but I love spending 30 minutes with a handful of people helping any which way that I can. And yeah, I will draw on my eyebrows for those sessions. So let's get on with today's episode. Today we're talking about beliefs and in particular beliefs that can stop your customer not just from buying your product but from listening to you completely. We all know that in marketing you sell the benefits, you agitate pain points, but if you don't first tackle the beliefs that can stop someone even considering your product or service, it almost doesn't matter how much marketing you throw at them. They're not going to budge. For example, you could tell me about all the amazing benefits of skydiving, the feeling of flying, the views, the thrilling experience, the once in a lifetime opportunity that I'll remember for the rest of my life. But if you don't first tackle my belief that skydiving is dangerous, that my parachute will not open and that my reserve parachute will also not open, well, I don't care how wonderful it sounds because not to sound like Mr. T, but I ain't going on no plane. It sounds way better when he says it. Look, dismantling these beliefs is the first gate that you have to get through before any of your other marketing is going to work. And I've identified three common beliefs that can hold people back. The first one is that people don't believe you. The second is that people don't believe there is even a solution to their problem. And finally, they don't believe that your product or service will work for them. So first up, people don't believe you. I know this is crazy, you're trustworthy, reliable, you offer a great service, but you know, people may have been burned by other companies in the past, or they may have preconceived ideas about your industry. For example, salespeople are sleazy, marketing agencies are full of bluster, 
but you can use this to your advantage. In episode seven of the podcast, I talk about this in more detail in the episode, Why Do People Hate What You Do? Featuring some of my dad's favourite rants about things that annoy him. The first thing you need to do is identify what the stereotypes or assumptions might be about people in your industry. One of my favourite copywriting stories, and since I've read about this, I've never been able to find the reference, which is really frustrating. Apparently back in the day of phone book advertising, a plumbing company did research about what people didn't like about plumbers. And then they created this knockout advert titled, We'll Turn Up On Time and Smelling Nice. So they'd done their research. They'd found out that people were frustrated by having to spend time waiting around for someone to show up only to be greeted by a plumber who smelt like a giraffe. Now, that's a great example of tackling a false belief that plumbers are all the same. And if I hire a plumber, they're going to be late and stinky. So think about what the possible frustrations are with your industry and then make sure that you're showing and explaining why you are different in your marketing to break that belief and that stereotype. Because as I said, your customers may have been burned by others in the past. Good morning, I'm your new milkman. Oh. I, I took over from Ben. <laughs> ah, Ben, been a while since I heard that name, so what are you here to do? Well, I can deliver your milk. Just let me know what you need. What I need is someone reliable, someone I can depend on. Well, I deliver every day, except Sundays. Suppose you're going to tell me you can bring orange juice as well. I can, actually. We're, we're even launching into bread. <laughs> bread. Oh, this is too much. Bread, you say. Well, I tell you, what what did you say your name was? My name's James. You talk a good talk, James. I'll give you that. Here, every day with your milk, with your orange juice, and now your bread. I bet you'll be turning up 5.30am. So dependable, you can set your watch, I'll bet. And then, three months of bright and early deliveries. What's going to happen then, James? You're just going to disappear? Leave me for a bigger, newer patch at Rottingdean? You can make your fancy promises, James, and you know what? We'll, we'll probably have fun. For a little while, exchanging little smiley faces on the invoice you leave on top of an empty bottle. Me, leaving my cash on the doorstep. We don't take cash anymore, miss. You, you, you can pay by direct debit. But then, then it's all just going to be empty bottles, James. Isn't it? When you leave, you're going to fill my life up with orange juice and bread. And then leave me to be an empty bottle. I'll, I'll, I'll come, I'll come back later. Okay, the next belief that can hold customers back is the belief that there is no solution. Now this might be because your customer isn't aware of a solution or your customer just doesn't believe that the solutions on offer will work. I think everyone at some point in their life has purchased some form of gadget that has promised to be too good to be true. Um, I'm thinking of those kitchen gadgets, you know, that promise to take out the pain of measuring spaghetti or stopping you cry when you chop an onion or, or, or cutting some kind of fruit or vegetables into perfect slices. But then you grow up and you realise that most of these gadgets, they're not the they're not the solution that was promised. They just take up space in that kitchen drawer, you know the one, or end up gathering dust on a shelf or at the back of a cupboard. And then you grow up even further and you realise, just stop buying this crap, Amy. So 
there may be a level of cynicism around your product that you have to overcome. The example I like to use for this is by a company, um, the copy example I use is by a company called Audioflare in the way that they market their earplugs. And their earplugs are, they have a strand of their marketing that is just directed to people who have a partner that snores. So these people probably think, you know, I've tried everything, I've tried earplugs, we've tried the the strips on their noses, you know, some crazy thing that, why is their jaw shut, whatever it is. Um, they understand that their, uh, their target market could be skeptical if they have not yet found a solution to the problem. And so what's really interesting is their copy, their marketing copy doesn't start by saying, hey, we have these revolutionary earplugs. Instead, they tackle the disbelief first. And I'm gonna read out the copy that is on their site and I just think it does it really well to sort of talk to the customer where the customer is at that moment in time where they might be thinking, earplugs, I've tried earplugs, they don't work. So here's what they write. Traditionally, ear protection had relied on plastics, foams, silicones, and if you're desperate, cotton wool. These are used to absorb sound, but they still allow low frequency sound to penetrate. The density of metal prevents sounds from penetrating. Now, metals have always been good conductors, so convention would suggest they're not a good choice for blocking sound. However, metal has to have a direct connection to conduct sound. So isolate the metal with a soft foam inside your ear and you end up with the most effective earplug ever made. So what they're doing here is they're tackling the disbelief first instead of jumping into how great the product is. And they're also, uh, they're introducing something new. The idea of an earplug that has a metal center surrounded by foam. That is perhaps enough for people to think, do you know what? I'm willing to give this a try. And in fact, when I've used this um, as an example at conferences, Every, every time I show this, I have people coming up as afterwards asking me, what, what was the name, the, the name of the earplugs, please, before I kill my spouse. Um, so that can be, um, if you can show, if you can overcome that cynicism by telling your target market perhaps something new, something they may not realize about the way your product is manufactured or the way you deliver your service in a way that is different to other products and solutions that they may have tried and failed to get results with. Now, the other lack of belief relating to your product is that your customer may not even be aware that there is a solution to their problem. And again, at conferences, in the, I've, I've used this example in the past about my dad, which I'll explain. And what follows is a, a, a dramatization of those events. Hi, Mum. Where's Dad? He's in the office, um, clearing out junk. Wow. Uh, what? Dad, what, what are you doing? What am I doing? Uh, just sorting this room out. Told your Mum I'd go through some old things, clear some space, so I'm just, uh, sorting through all my old records and cassettes. Oh, wow. Oh, some little crackers on this lot, Amy. Early rock and roll. Oh, some Lonnie Donegan and Acker Bilk. Oh, we even found a cassette of you singing. Remember when you wanted to have a radio show? It's here somewhere. We don't have to listen to that. Your mum wants things cleared, so 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to take everything here, somehow record it onto my computer, and then put it all onto my MP3 player. That's going to take forever, Dad. But I can't not have these. I, I love listening to them. And then, then I'll just, I'll have everything in one place. You could get most of this on Spotify, you know, or, or download them online. All you'd need is a, a list of songs that you want, and then we can look from online. Do you know what? It'd probably only take about an hour to find everything. That sounds great, but y your mother's expecting this to take me a couple of days. I, I had all of that time to myself. If I finish up now, sh she'll get me a new job to do. How are you two getting on? Fine, just, just helping Dad. There's a lot to get through here. Well, we'd better find something else to do then in the meantime. Game of darts? Perfect. This is almost a true story. So my dad was looking for a way to consolidate all of his music and he thought the solution for having all of his favorite records, all his favorite songs in one place was to catalog everything he had and transfer it to an MP3 player. He didn't know Spotify existed or that he could download songs online. So he had no idea to even look for it. To tackle this in your copy and your marketing, you're gonna to have to try and imagine if your ideal customer didn't know that what you did existed, what are they doing instead? So in my dad's case, we could mention no longer needing to catalog favorite CDs and records, you know, freeing up space of CDs and records without losing the music you love. Um, having all the favorite music in one place and accessing it at any time that he likes. Finally, the last belief is that people don't believe your products can get results for them. It can be very easy for us to believe that something that will work well for the people won't necessarily work well for ourselves. And I was thinking about this and in some ways it, it's almost like a way of protecting ourselves against perhaps trying to go for something that we want and failing. So for example, when I was younger, probably in my early teens, I, I had a really hard time at school and internally tried to build up sort of a, a sort of mental defense. And one of the things that I would do, one of the daft things I would do is I would internally sort of knock people down in my mind by judging myself against them in an arena that I could win. For example, I would see someone popular and I would think, well, okay, they're popular, but they're terrible at maths. And I really liked maths, I was good at maths. And I would say to myself, yeah, I, I mean, I could go to parties uh, if I wanted to, and I could probably get kissed by loads of boys, but I don't want to risk my ability to solve algebra by wasting my time on that. You know, there's no point in me trying to be popular because tch, it just doesn't work out for smart people like me. Now, obviously this is bunkum. And if I was being honest with myself, I desperately wanted to go to parties and I really wanted to try and fit in but I was convincing myself that there was no point in trying because being popular was not for the likes of me. And anyway, I had algebra. Thankfully, I grew out of that craziness, um, but I do acknowledge that people can still have that, it won't work for me, it's not for me, it's for other people mentality. And you don't want people thinking that when it comes to your product. One way around this is, similar to the other disbeliefs, is to identify those possible um, things that are holding people back and tackle it head on. Don't pretend that people aren't thinking this way. For example, 
if you have software, tell people that it's easy to use, If even if you hate computers. Or let people know that they don't have to be an SEO expert to use your SEO plugin and get results. Or you don't need a million dollar budget to advertise your business and get regular, high paying clients to get in touch with you. But here's a warning, it has to be true. So you don't want to tell people that <clears throat> they don't need to be an expert in your Google Analytics course if they do need some foundational understanding. Otherwise, it's a slippery slope into quick fix marketing where all you need is an idea in your credit card and you can build a huge audience of raving fans and generate income while you sleep. No, it takes a lot of hard work to do that and you do need skills, a great product and a lot of tenacity. So in summary, the three beliefs that can hold people back is that they don't believe you. You've got to get over that trust hump and show them that even if they've had a bad experience with other companies in the past, that you are different. They may not believe that the solution either exists or they may not be aware that the solution exists. So one of the things that you can do is to show why what you have is different or Acknowledge that if they're not aware of the solution, acknowledge what they are doing today and explain why they no longer have to do that. Finally, they may not believe in themselves. So explain that they don't have to be an expert, an athlete, super popular, have a huge budget, whatever it may be that could hold them back from being more receptive to your marketing offer. But of course, it has to be true. That's all for today. Don't forget to let me know what you think in the comments. If you haven't left a review and would like to do that, that would be awesome. Let me know as well if there's something specific you'd like me to cover in an upcoming episode and I will always do my best to help. Till next time, keep believing and remember you can't ignore what people believe because beliefs, they can be a powerful thing. I was a bit surprised to hear John had entered this fencing tournament. I, I didn't even know he played. Played, fought, competed. I don't know what the word is. He just got it into his head that fencing was for him and he could win. Where is he? Uh, he was getting checked. Here he comes. What on earth? Hiya. Just about ready to go on. Are those egg boxes? Yeah. Made my own protective body gear. Pretty good, I think. That's not the proper gear. Where's your sword or your foil or whatever the is that a car radio aerial just as good as their fancy foils look amy whether you believe you can or you can't you're usually right i believe i can win so i'm right what did your life coach say about this endeavor told me i had delusions of grandeur that was nice wasn't it uh excuse me we're about to announce the what on earth are you wearing i call it Fencing Chic by John. None of that is regulation apparel. Y you, you can't go on, John. You you'll just have to cancel. Oh, we're not cancelling. Uh, this is televised. We have no other games scheduled. If we don't broadcast something now, we're going to lose millions in network revenue. Just, just go. Just get on. Announcing three times fencing champion Derek Riggleby, an upcoming newcomer, no, sorry, just checking my notes. Just a newcomer. No one's heard of him before. John. Oh, just John. Okay, and in three, two, one, and fight. 
It's an unusual star. John seems to be wearing a homemade protective jacket made from egg boxes, and he seems to be using a car radio aerial, swiping into the air with no particular form or strategy. Just haphazard, albeit with, I would say, unbridled enthusiasm. Derek is understandably cautious, circling his opponent with cat-like precision, and, oh, John has managed to land one of his wayward strikes and caught Derek off guard, and there he goes again. Derek's foil is stuck in the cardboard egg box, leaving him without a weapon. John sees his chance and would, I guess you would call that, just bashes Derek with the aerial again and again and again. And rapidly the points are clocking up for John. Poor Derek can only stand there in amazement. And there we have it. The new reigning world fencing champion is John... Just John. See? What did I tell you?